already as we get into the word of God. Um, my encouragement is remain expectant even where you're sitting as you listen to the word of God. Expect a touch from the Lord and do not allow anything to hinder your your faith and your expectation. For some of you it may be the heat, I do understand it's quite hot. But remember there's a woman who had the issue of blood. Her limitation was her sickness, but she decided to look aside her limitation and said, if I can only touch the helm of his gown, and I'm going to be well. What about us? Today I'm going to be teaching briefly under a, a topic that I've entitled Functioning Under an Open Heaven. Functioning Under an Open Heaven. I've come to realize every time we get to talk about things like open heavens and different things all together, I believe many people have this excitement because when they perceive an open heaven, they perceive receiving gifts or whatsoever. But sometimes open heavens may not really be about gifts. There's a certain place I want you to also understand what happens when, in, in, uh, when heaven is opened. And we're going to go to the other place. Alright, so... The Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 11 shows us one of the first times heaven was opened. And in Genesis chapter number 7 verse 11, something interesting really, really happened. And uh, I really want us to look at it and get to understand. So let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter number 11, or 7 verse 11. The Bible says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the seventh month, in the 70th day of a month, on that day all the foundations of the great deep were broken down or broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Hallelujah. The windows of heaven were opened. Say they were open. Now, one thing you have to understand is that the scriptures are showing us one of the first times we are seeing heaven open. We are seeing the windows of heaven open. Now, what really happened when the heavens opened? The next verse. And there was rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So, when we look at Genesis chapter number 7 verse 11, when we see heaven open, there was judgment being released. Those judgments being released. And the Bible shows us that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. This was a heavy rainfall. It was a heavy pouring whatsoever. Now when you even go on to study what really happened, it took, it took time for the waters to actually dry up. It took months actually, months, can you imagine? 
for the waters to actually dry up. And the Bible actually says the ark of Noah actually landed on a mountain called Arat. Imagine there was a lot of rain and the and, and the, the ark was busy moving on the waters and then suddenly it landed on a mountain called Arat. And where is that mountain? In Turkey. <laughs> so there, you, you can tell there was serious rain. There was serious rain and a serious judgment that took place. And when you read different scriptures altogether, you will see how in other books of the Bible, heaven would open for a particular purpose. In Isaiah, the Bible tells us about how heaven should open. He's declaring how heaven should open and God should come down. Now, I'm going to go to the New Testament and I'm going to show you one of the first instances, or rather the first places where the Bible actually shows us heaven open. And this is in the book of Luke chapter number 3 and verse 21. We are actually going to get back to these scriptures that we have already read for special reference. Luke chapter number 3 and verse 21. Look at this. The Bible says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. Ah. Alright, next verse. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which says, You are my son, you are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased with. Now listen to this. In the time of Noah, the Bible shows us that there was also an open heaven. But this time, in the time of Jesus as well, there is also an open heaven. But you will notice there is a big difference. What is the difference? The first time there was an open heaven, judgment was released. There was rain that was poured. But then when Jesus was being baptized and when the heavens opened, there was the Holy Ghost that was being poured. There was, first without, with, with Noah, there was rain that was being poured. But this time, there was the Holy Ghost that was being poured. And you do understand that the Holy Spirit as well is associated with water. I wonder most of the times that the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard. He is, he is associated with water. Now when we go to Luke chapter number 4 verse 1. After Jesus experiences the open heaven, he is now functioning under it. Then the Bible says, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, who came upon him? returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Uh -huh. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil and in those days he ate nothing and afterwards at the end of it all he was hungry. Hallelujah. So Jesus experiences an open heaven 
But while functioning under an open heaven, he is inspired by the Spirit of the Lord to go into the wilderness. And guess what? He is praying for 40 days and 40 nights. He is fasting. Remember in the time of Noah, the rains fell for 40 days. Now one thing you have to understand is that 40 is the number of judgment. And Jesus coming in this place to go and pray for 40 days and 40 nights is him subjecting himself and saying, I avail myself to be judged by God for your sake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm just trying to show you certain activities that get to happen under uh, open heaven. We've seen that there's a, there's a good access and divine benefit that was experienced when the heavens opened for Jesus Christ. He was led to the wilderness. Imagine, the heavens opened for Jesus Christ pushed him to a place where he was led into the wilderness where he subjected himself to be judged for our sake. So imagine it was like an open heaven for Jesus was for your sake. For our sake. Isn't that beautiful? But I want us to look at, the, I know there are quite a number of things that happen during an open heaven. But because of time, I'm only going to make mention of three things. Alright, now let's get back to the book of Genesis chapter number 7 and verse 11. Genesis chapter number 7 verse 11. So the Bible says, The fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened in the next verse. Then it says, and there was rain on earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, I want, I want to explain something to you that happens, especially when you're functioning under your open heaven. Number one, when the heavens are open, the earth obeys. I want you to look at that. That's the first thing, when you're functioning under an open heaven. When the heavens are open, the earth obeys. You have to understand that the earth has its own system of how things are run. It handles its things a certain way. But there is a time where a superior reality comes and steps in. And when it steps in, the earth has got nothing to do but just obey. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. Think about it. Have you observed that God deliberately opened the windows of heaven for rain to fall? What does that mean? This means he did not need to wait for rain season. <laughs> but what was the earth doing? It had to obey. He deliberately. Now, with regards to how the earth manages the earth, uh, with, with regards to how the earth manages things here, rains are going to pour, but there's a time rains has to stop. But do you know that the Bible says, 
until God closed the heavens, that is when the rain stopped. Ah, I don't know if you're getting this. This is where you begin to think beyond and say, hey, hey, if the heavens are open for my life, there are certain things which just have to obey. I know rain season has to come, or rain season is in December or whatsoever, but if the heavens are open for you, earth has to obey. Have you ever wondered why the Bible says, when there was a famine, Isaac reaped a hundredfold of crops? How were his crops getting water? There was, just as there was a famine around, there was obedience for the sake of Isaac. The earth was obeying for the sake of Isaac. Hallelujah. So every time we come under an open heaven, the earth has to obey. It has to obey. Do you know that the Bible says a time will come, Jesus is going to appear, coming with the trumpet of the archangel. And when he appears, the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. Imagine, life is coming on earth, and then earth obeys and says, hey, come up from the dead. <laughs> when you have an open heaven, the earth has to obey. There's another man that functioned under open heavens, and his name is Elijah. And we read from Elijah from 1 Kings chapter number 18, verse 20. The Bible shows us a portion of scripture where Elijah is having a very interesting conversation with the prophets of Baal. Now, if you do an understanding, or rather if you do a research on who Baal is, this is a god that was, he's an idol that was served by so many people. He was, he was greatly respected. He was known as a fertility god. They, they, they actually honored him. So many people worship Baal. Alright? Such that, do you know that the word Baal is a Hebrew word which means Lord? Yeah, so he was really <laughs> someone that they looked up to. Now, Elijah is encountering 450 prophets of Baal. Now, look, if you can have 450 prophets of Baal, what more the followers? <laughs> Now, now listen to this. So, the Bible says, So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount, on, on Mount Carmel. Uh -huh. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? Why? Because he was trying to show them, Look, it seems like there was competition between God and Baal. He says, If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. Don't be here and there, here and there. Okay, so why is it that so many people followed the Lord then again followed the Baal? Perhaps they were seeing something. Isn't that so? Yeah. But the, then the Bible says, but the people answered him not a word. Uh -huh. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets, a 450 men. Uh-huh. 
Therefore, let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces, lay it on wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on wood, but put no fire under it. Uh-huh. Then you go on the name of your God, and I will go on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So Elijah says, look, you guys, it's too much. Today you're following God, tomorrow you're following power. Ah, you know what, let's settle things. Let's see who is more powerful. Alright? Call your prophets. Let's get a bull. You get one bull, I'll get one bull. Put it on the altar, I'll put it on the altar. Don't put fire. But let's make sure these bulls get burnt without fire. You go on your God, I will go on my God. Listen, how can you have such boldness to demonstrate such a thing in front of 450 prophets? How can you have such boldness? Have you observed there is a certain boldness that comes with numbers? Imagine today if you are casting out demons and you realize there are five intercessors with you. There is a certain boldness you have. You say, out. When you get to consume, you say, I bind with you. You say, I lose. You know, there is there's that boldness that comes. But now, how is it that Elijah is alone and he is challenging 450 prophets of Baal? talking about fire. So they agreed to this. And then let's start from verse 26. Then the Bible says, So they took the bull which was given to them, these are now the prophets of Baal, and they prepared it. And they called on the name of Baal. Remember, Baal means Lord. <laughs> their idol means Lord. So it's like they called their, their master, they called their owner. Now look at this. And they called the name of Baal from morning, even till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, yes. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. Uh-huh. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry louder. For he is a God. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So you are saying, call your God, Kairi. Maybe he is resting or something. We know he is a God. Call him. Ah, the next verse. So they cried aloud. They had listened to Elijah, surely. They cried aloud and began to cut themselves as their customs with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. Uh-huh. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. What is happening? These guys serve a God. They have a custom. They even cut themselves. They know what they are doing. They know what they agreed to when they said, surely let us go 
they know they really knew what they were saying otherwise if they did not know what they were saying they would have said ah we don't want those things but they knew and they kept on calling 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 cut themselves but there was no voice then what voice is there such that when you have an open heaven you silence every other voice what, what voice is that Please obey because somehow it looks like there's an obedience that is taking place. Next verse. Then Elijah said to the people, Come near to me. So all people came near to him. And and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Now, already now it's showing us that that the prophets of Baal had felt. Now, let's go to verse 37. It's now Elijah's turn. It's now Elijah's turn. After being patient from morning till noon. This is Elijah. He says, hear me, O Lord. Hear me. That these people may know (laughs) that you are the Lord God. And that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Ah. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. Now listen to this. It says, and the wood and stones and dust, and it licked up the water. How do you lick up stones? How do you lick how do you consume stones with fire? How do you consume wood with fire? How do you consume dust with fire? And then it says, and it licked up the water. That was in the trench. Next verse. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord is God. The Lord is God. What am I trying to say? When someone is operating under an open heaven, regardless of what the enemy may attempt to do in your life, Heaven silences any opposing voice. It silences. It silences. Earth will have to obey. Earth was earth was cooperating there. Because there's an open heaven that is taking place. Earth is cooperating. When you put wood, the wood will say the sin is piarakana. It's cooperating. Why? There's a higher reality. That was taking place. No wonder. I want to show you something. There's something that happened in the in the Gospels with regards to Jesus in Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Remember, when there's an open heaven, earth has to obey. Look at this. The Bible says the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And there are a lot of times where we see Jesus being hungry. So we understand when you're hungry during fasting. We do understand. Others were feeling weak. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Look at this. Imagine, Jesus goes to a fig tree and he's expecting a fruit. He's expecting a fruit, but he doesn't find anything because the Bible says it was not yet the season for it to have fruits. But now look at the next verse. 
In response, Jesus said to it, Let no man eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples let it. In short, he cursed the tree. Why did he curse the tree? When you're under open heaven, whether it's your season or not, you have to obey. You have to obey. It was not yet the time for the tree to actually bring forth fruits. But the fact that somebody who is able to bring rain when it's not yet rain season, you should have fruits when it's not yet fruit season. Alamakaya Basia. You should have fruits when it's fruit season. Now, there's another part of this which you really need to understand. Of course, we're talking about trees, but let's also not forget that we are trees and we are expected to also be fruitful whenever there are open heavens. But now, here is the danger of being fruitless. Judgment. We will not talk about that today, but say, I am fruitful. So the fruit was cursed, the tree was cursed. And it was dry the next morning. I want to show you that there is a reality of earth. There is a reality which is natural, but there is a reality which is beyond the natural. That is why every time someone who can function in it can come and find a person who the doctor told you, you, that thing which you have, you're going to have it for one year. Why? Because it's a natural cause. It's a natural time frame. That's how the system will actually run. But someone can come to the same person who was told you are going to be healed after one year and say you are healed now in the name of Jesus. He changes that season for you. Ah. My goodness. I want you to understand and go with this revelation as long as you function in an open heaven, the earth has to obey. It has to. I remember there's something that happened very strangely. Uh, this was about four years ago. I don't really share it with so many people. But I remember I was, I was, I was teaching a few individuals who were just outside. And I was teaching a few individuals. And then suddenly, there is this whirlwind that actually was developed. And it started moving strongly. It was a very big one. But what was strange is that I didn't really pay attention to it and I didn't really know that it was going to come our way. And so this whirlwind turned and came our direction. And I was teaching people. My goodness. So we all saw it coming. And of course I was in France. So I had the choice to either run <laughs> and look at the people or tell the other people to run and say, I'll take it for you or whatsoever. But it was coming. And as it came towards me, that was one of the first times I saw the gift of faith function in my life. 
I looked at it and I pointed at it and I said, go that side. It reached just about where I am here, stopped and turned back right before our eyes. And I said, hey, these things are obeying. Yeah, yes, they obey. When you function under an open heaven, earth has to obey. What are the things in your life that are being stubborn? What are the earthly circumstances in your life that are stubborn that don't want to obey? They need to be subjected under God's open heaven, under God's open system, under the reality of heaven. And they must obey. Because anything that refuses to obey will wither away. It's either you obey or you wither away. Ah, number two, number two. Why, what happens when you function under an open heaven? What happens when you function under an open heaven? When we look at Luke chapter number 3 verse 21, we're back again. This is concerning Jesus. The Bible says when all the people were baptized, oh yeah, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized and while he prayed, there was, heaven was opened, huh? Then it says, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Now, anytime there's an open heaven in your life, remember there's a place where the earth obeys, but then there's a place where something has to come upon you. Hey! Anytime there's an open heaven, something has to come upon you. Something has to come upon you. And the Bible says when heaven opened, the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. So something came upon him. Now here is the beauty. What comes upon you determines what comes around you. What comes upon you determines what comes around you. And that's why the Bible in Psalms 23 verse 5 says, You anoint my head with what? With oil. Then it says, And my cup runs over. So it's what comes upon you. What comes upon your head that will determine what will be in your cup. Hey. It says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. There will be a reason why your cup is running over. It's because of what is coming upon you. And every time we are exposed under an open heaven system, something has to come upon us. The Bible says, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And that's why, even after the Spirit had come upon Jesus, the Bible says in Acts 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good things, healing all that were oppressed. Something came upon Jesus that made him function the way he was. Do you know that before the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jesus, there was no miracle recorded of Jesus? Not even one. 
something had to come upon him for him to function the way he was what is coming upon you today hey what is coming upon you today some of you have been looking at your cup your cup seems like it's not running over it seems like it's empty but there's oil that needs to come on your head to allow your cup to run Somebody say I'm functioning under an open heaven. The last point. What happens when you are functioning under an open heaven? The last point is that you experience a shift. You experience a shift. When you read Luke chapter number 4 verse 1 This is after the heavens have opened. The Bible is showing us then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Uh-huh. Then it says this is where he was tempted 40 days by the devil and in those days he ate nothing and after that he was hungry. Now you have to understand that Jesus is functioning under, under an open heaven. As he is functioning under an open heaven there is a place where he goes in the wilderness he's led by the spirit and he is praying of course again he is tempted but remember there's still an open heaven that is taking place but as long as the heavens are open for him there has to be a shift that takes place and that's why you will notice something very interesting In Luke chapter 4 verse 1 it says he was led by the spirit in the wilderness but then when you look at Luke chapter number 4 verse 14 he is done with his fasting look at what happens when he was done with his fasting then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit remember first he was just led by the spirit <laughs> he was led by the spirit He returned in the power of the spirit. He was led by the spirit wilderness. He returned in the power of the spirit. Day 1. Day 21. Uh, day It's whether it's whether you like it or not. It's a whether you like it or not thing. Because the heavens have been opened, there has to be a shift that has to take place. There has to be a shift. There has to be definitely whether we like it or not, there has to be a shift. Number one, the earth has to obey. Earthly circumstances have to obey. Look at even when Jesus was going. But it's that obey gravity. Natoka capital is headed. Is that a rising? Ah, Jesus, headed. Sasa na nao, amena Samuel, what does? And he went clouds, eh? And and the Bible the way it says, it says and the clouds took him away. Even the clouds just did this. I open heaven. <laughs> 
Paul even had to be obey. They had to give him a dramatic exit. Ah, open heavens. The Bible tells us of a man by the name of Stephen. Wallace, he's been accused. The Bible tells us this. It tells us they take him outside and they begin to stone him. But as they begin to stone him, guess what? The Bible says he experiences an open heaven experience. And he begins to, people are stoning him. Imagine they're stoning him. Hey, hey, listen, ah, wait, look. I see heaven open. Ah, they're stoning you. You're saying, I see heaven open. That's the time to cry, Mommy! That's the time to, that's the time to, bless <laughs> the Lord, deliver me or something like that. But he has an, an open heaven experience and he sees heaven open and says, they are stoning him. What? They are stoning him. And he says, look, I see heaven open and I see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Father. Huh? And they are stoning him. What happens to the thing? What happened to the thing? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, whether we like it or not, pain and emotions will always influence our prayer life. I was talking, I was talking to Mr. Hagen. Pain and emotions will influence our prayer life. Today, if someone uh, uh, does something wrong to you and, and betrays you, that feeling that you're going to have will, will shape the prayer you'll make for them. That's Chikongo who will shape the prayer that you make for them. You anyway, God bless your body. I pray you. May you walk in different complications of life. May you be unable to tell between your head and your tail. And you, you, you will speak certain things because of what's on your heart. Pain and feelings always shape your prayer life. If you are offended, there's a certain way you will pray. Trust me, most of the people that kill witches are offended. I'm telling you, they are offended. They are offended. What are you waiting for? Kill yourself. It's offense. But now a man by the name of Stephen sees heaven open and he makes a prayer for them. Do you know what he said? This is the only man who said the very things that Jesus said when he was dying on the cross. He says, Father, do not hold this sin against them. Are you able to pray for someone who's stoning you to say, do not hold this sin against them? Some of you will say, Father, for each stone, may it visit their generation. The father, the mother, the grandfather, Yamene, Eachayapa, the grand uncle, that one. You pray for each stone. But he says, Father, Father. And you know how Stephen died? The Bible did not say the stones killed him. The Bible says, he says, unto you I permit my spirit. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say, the Bible didn't say the stones killed him. He says, I commit my spirit to you, to the Father. So as long as there was an open heaven, if he did not commit the, his spirit, they were just going to be stoning. They were just going to be stoning. 
Have you ever wondered how the Bible says there was a time they wanted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ? They want to kill him. A crowd goes before him. And the Bible says he passes through them and walks. Now, who are you? You want to kill one person. But how is one person passing through you? Where are you aiming your stones? What has happened? The Bible shows us other people that functioned under open heavens like Paul. He was beaten when he went to uh, uh, a certain place. Beaten, beaten. That the Bible says they left him dead. Paul was beaten that they left him dead. That's what they say. And the Bible says, and his disciples went where he was and surrounded him. And Paul woke up and just, ah, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Why is that? He woke up. Where did he go? To the hospital? No. The Bible says he went to preach the gospel in another town. Mm. Mm. You think you think such such the man is walking under an open heaven. How can a viper bite him? And he just shakes it. A viper. Because every time you're beaten by a viper, you expect to die. But look at the scriptures. Who died between him and the Bible? No wonder people said, Nina, blood your ruler. <laughs> oh. Who died? I think the Bible died. Read your Bible. It beats him. And then the Bible was not sent by the enemy. The viper was, was, the Bible says it was, it was moved by heat. Heat is what provoked it. In short, it, it had a temper. You know when it's hot, people have tempers, even snakes. It was moved by the heat. Got upset, it's too hot, it's too hot. They're going to bite the wrong one. Bah, beat him. He threw it, died in the fire. Open heavens. I want to strike to our feet.